Hey everybody, Robert with RC Archery, and this is Archery Vision Podcast 10. What's going on everyone? Been a while, so I've got a lot of questions that I've had coming through on my Instagram through uh, DMs and things going on like that. I figured this is probably the easiest way for me to answer them right now. Super hard for me to get in there and I mean they're awesome and they're really good questions but they're in-depth questions so it's really hard for me to you know start typing away or doing all that on there and um, you know just running through it. So I think this is probably a better way for me to answer them, get a better response for you out there and hopefully you'll see this or listen to it I guess. I'm going to make a post about doing this on my Instagram channel. I'll tag you in it. That way you can go through and, and um, you know find your answer and everything on here. But really, I'm just going to start rolling through them. And then depending on what the time frame looks like when we're done here, I may talk about some things, hinge and thumb release and just some stuff wrapping up for the year with the Texas Archery Series, the indoor series that I did. And we can just go from there. And that may end up being a different podcast. We'll just see how long this takes. Alrighty. Let's see. First question here. First one here is from Morrison. It says, hey man, have you shot the Evo 33? I have not. Um, I mean, that one's kind of a, well, the Evo Nation, I guess, the one for the knock-on, you know, the collaboration, everything with PSE. That one's a little bit harder to find, so probably, I mean, I haven't seen one in person yet to even and find it, so I don't know that I'll uh, end up getting to shoot that one. But as far as the hunting bow and all that, I haven't. Um, they use the same cam system as what I'm using currently on the PSE though, and I've heard good things about them. They seem to be a really smooth bow, and they feel, from what people are telling me, they feel like a bigger bow than a 33-inch axle-to-axle bow, and I think a lot of that is because the cams are bigger on them. Um, PSE's, the Evolve cam is a pretty decently big cam uh, as far as just diameter of it, so that helps with string angle, and it really just makes the bow feel a little bit more... Um, longer axle to axle wise because of the overall um, length of the bow, top to bottom. Um, grip on them is going to be extremely similar to what I'm using on the uh, Focus from what I've seen in pictures and what I've been told. And that's super great, you know, grip for me. It's pretty standard width. The angle is pretty standard. It's extremely close to what a Hoyt would use as far as the angle and width. Um, but I do think it feels a little better in my hand. I think the pitch of it is better, meaning like if you were to look at the bow in the back, the twist in the grip, how it'll twist left or right, depending on if you're right or left-handed. I like it a little bit better than what I get with the Hoyts when I had them. And uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it's it's a good bow. It looks like it's pretty efficient, which it should be with that cam system. It's kind of, I mean, it's it's got a good background on it. So I think it's gonna be a good deal. Danley here is asking me, Hey Robert, I'm wondering which way is best to set up the Zebro's light. I noticed you're running a long fiber on the outside of the scope. Did you try the short fiber setup in the scope? For me, and what I feel like is best, the way that I'm running it right now is the best for me. The longer fiber, it. Um, so I, let me give you a rundown of mine. I use a clear fiber, and the reason I do that on the Zebro's sight light is because you can actually go through and you can pick the color that you want between red, blue, and green tried all three of them, but being able to use that clear uh, fiber allows me to do that. I like blue. Personally, that's just what feels best to me. A lot of people say red, some people say green. For me, I like the blue because it doesn't starburst as much, uh, or halo, depending on what you want to call it. It doesn't have that extra light effect on the outside of it when it's all the way up on brightness. 
So I feel like I can get a more consistent and precise aiming picture with it. And for me, running the light in the way that I do and having the fiber run around, it generates and, and collects more of that light. So I feel like I have a better control over the sensitivity of adjustment through the light ranges. I can get it bright, super bright, even for a blue light, and then I can get it really dim. So, you know, if I'm shooting outside, I can still see. And then if I'm shooting inside and it's darker where I'm at, I can lower the light level down on the sight light on itself, and then I can still maintain my visual on the size of the dot, on the size of the pin. And I think that's really important for me because it creates a consistent aiming picture for me. Um, in the past, I've just kind of dealt with a small pin if it was dark and a big pin if it was bright, but being able to adjust this, I can go in any situation, even if I shoot at night and you know just have a light on the target, I can still get a super consistent sight picture on what I'm seeing with that dot size. So I really like that. I did try the shorter, um, the shorter fiber and, and setup, and I've tried different pin setups on them, different angles. I just, I, I think this, the way that I have it set up right now with the longer fiber, it gives me more overall adjustment. I think it looks pretty clean the way that they've got their kit set up. And for me personally, I just think that that is the best setup. people reacting to my raffles. I appreciate that. I've still got one going on for a knock-on archery release or the fletching kit. And basically that pack for fletching includes a jig, veins, arrow wraps, glue, primer, the wipes for the, the back of the arrow. I mean, all of that's in there. So it's, it's pretty high dollar value as well. Uh, it's all from knock-on, um, AAE, all their products that they put together. So it's a pretty good one there. Mojave, if my pin is moving left and right horizontally, what can I do with my stabilizers? Thanks. So left and right for me is usually hand pressure. So if I'm really tense on my hand, I'll see it wiggle left and right. So you might want to look at that and just seeing about, you know, helping soften the hand a little bit. It also could be where you're holding the grip. So if you're crossing over the lifeline or up against it or really far over towards the thumb knuckle, those areas aren't flat and there's um, especially if you're getting crossing over the lifeline and even getting like really close to it, you, depending on the angle of your hand, you can get in trouble because you have opposing forces on the left and the right side of your hand. So if you tense the hand up, then it can wiggle left and right too because you're actually moving the bow left and right. So there's a flat spot on your thumb pad. Try to find that. That's the easiest way that I know to explain that system and do it. Stabilizer wise, left and right wiggle means you don't have enough weight on the front. And that may mean you need to just put more weight on the front. It also may mean that you need to take some off the back or just lower the rear bar, depending on how close you are. So you can kind of play around with that and look at it, but it's needing a little bit more front bias on the weight. That would be the easiest way to kind of correct that and take care of that for you. All right, MG Bowhunt. This is a longer one. I'm going to kind of summarize it here. Basically, it's holding below the target, freezing below the X on a five spot. Um, let's see here, usually at the top of the blue, so he's pretty far down below it, and then he drifts a little bit right, and then he creeps sometimes if he's holding too long. All right, so in that situation, I mean, it's an aiming anxiety and condition. Basically, you're wanting to see what you're going to hit, so you're not covering it with the pin, you're lowering the pin so that you can see it. and 
I mean, there's some aiming drills, things you can do on my, if you go on my website, rcartry.com, and I'll link that here um, for the, the podcast today. If you go there, there's a blog um, tab at the top you can click on, and I have a couple different articles throughout there for target panic and drills and things and just kind of understanding it. So there's some things you can do if you want to try to just cover the spot, um, like majority of archers are going to do. You can start up close, do some aiming drills, take the shooting out of the situation, slowly add shooting in in a controlled environment, and then work your way out with it. That's successful for people along with you know some mental program stuff and trying to tell yourself you need to cover the spots you need to hit, understanding your shot window and the way that your brain works, all that together. So just super quick on this, and I've talked about it before in some of the other podcasts, you might be able to find that answer there in some of my archery videos on YouTube. Your brain with your shot timing window is going to cover the spot and it'll hold it there for a couple seconds. It'll drift away because you're wanting to see and visualize it. What you're trying to aim at is still there and then you, you can go back to it and cover it again. And it'll just be smaller movements. But if you can get to that point, that'll be really good. If you're a lens shooter, you can shoot just an open ring and just use that to look through the ring and circle, you know, halo the ring with you know, the X on a five spot or the the five on the five spot, the white, whatever you're comfortable with, that's a way that could help you too. I would try those two areas. The drifting right is probably like you said, the creeping, your body's actually collapsing, so it's allowing you to drift right. It could also be your stance though too. If you're too close on your stance, meaning your front foot is too, the toe on your front foot is too close to even with the toe on your back foot then that controls the hip angle and your hip angle controls your shoulder angle and it'll actually start pushing you to the right. So that's something to look at as well. Um, I have a video that I sell that's, um, I'm gonna have a, a few of them, but I have one that I sell along with my coaching package. And then I also have one that I sell independently of itself that's how to hold steadiest on target and it's a step-by-step process. Step number one in that video is setting your stance. And I think that's a really critical factor in what I do, which is, I build my shooting and my aim around natural points of aim so that I try to create the angle of my body and the natural movements of my body to keep me in the middle left and right and up and down. So I talk about all of that in that video and kind of you know give a rundown on it. I think that would be a good one too for you. Let's see here. Oh, cool. All right, Dr. Zoltan says i'm getting ready for a bow hunting trip interested in your online coaching i live in hong kong it's difficult for me to find english speaking compound bow coach here and uh, it says would your online coaching help me with bow hunting how does online coaching work exactly i get a lot of questions about the online coaching and how it works so let me go over this really quick for you zoltan and for everybody else i'll message you directly too and just try to help you out and, and answer that question but the coaching that i developed my coaching that I do in general, let me start there, is probably 98% or more online. And it's been that way the entire time that I've done this, and it's been since 2014, so I'm six years into it right now. And the way that I've designed it is I've built platform on my computer. I have a library of photos and videos and guides and diagrams, what I've collected and, and put together over the years, because what I found is pretty much everyone has the same problem, and everybody needs the same platform to build off of and then you can deviate from that platform as you go but that solid starting point it does a couple things one it's going to help you have just a solid foundation so you're going to start learning and understanding what you're doing better 
The other point that I like to do by doing this is it helps me diagnose your issues. Because we're starting from a solid base and a foundation and everybody is starting roughly the same, if you start to have an issue and a problem or if something is arising throughout the program and throughout our path, it's easier for me to answer that for you because I know kind of where the breakdown is going to be because I know what we've covered already. And I build it from the ground up. I, I develop it around natural points of aim, like I said before. And um, I even went so far as to do a study on my own because I wanted, visually I can look at an archer and I can tell where they're at draw length wise and loop length wise by looking at a few cues and things that I've learned from my own shooting and others and, and just kind of studying that. But it was really hard for me to address that to another person. You know, especially online, it's easy for me to do it in person. So what I did is I developed a computer program and did a lot of research and a lot of studies on multiple different archers, professional, amateur, of high level, myself, a couple of buddies of mine that were super high level as well, and found a lot of commonalities between everybody, whether you have a bent bow arm or a straight bow arm, whether you're a wrist strap, hinge, thumb button, and even to a degree, even if you're a recurve shooter, I found similarities in all of that. So I use that to design that computer program. It helps me show you where your alignment is. It helps you see where your joints are versus where they should be. And it helps you see a fitment so that I can put it in a, in a basically dial it in for a measurement. And then I can get us within usually a quarter eighth of an inch total overall length. And that last little bit is really just based on how you're shooting. If you're an archer that pulls really hard, you're gonna need a little bit different loop length and setup than an archer that doesn't pull as hard. And the loop length and the main line that I run on there that I found the biggest commonality on is a leverage line, is what I call it. And that leverage over the bow makes a huge difference when you're looking at the final little bit based on how you shoot. So that's really, I mean, that's kind of long and short. I go through and I do back and forth through emails, videos, whatever you know we need to do, obviously, and just kind of work it that way. Now we'll say, if you look at my program compared to other people's, I used to be extremely more um, responsive and quickly responsive than a lot of other people. That's changed over time. Um, my job, especially this time of year, my job keeps me super busy, so I'm not as responsive anymore. So you may not hear back from me the same day. It may be the next day, it may be a couple days, it may be the week. It just depends on when I can grab and get to it, um, just between my real estate job and contracts and showings and walkthroughs and everything else that we do, right? So it keeps me really busy, especially working now through the summer. Um, but just kind of a heads up, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of long and short. I like to do, I like to do as much as I can to help people. I, I enjoy the, the coaching aspect of it. <laughs> All right, Lipson13 asked me, what's your uh, PS26 setup? Um, you know what? I'm going to have to look at it for sure. I don't remember the length on it overall. What I basically what I did is I got on on target 2, I pulled in my setup and then I built an arrow around that. And I think that's the best way to do it. I'm going to tell you a couple things that I think will work universally, but as far as length, point weight, stuff like that, you're really going to have to dial that into your setup. I use a four fletch. I think the quicker you can stabilize the arrow, especially indoors, the better you're going to be, the more consistent you're going to be. And even like yesterday I was shooting, I shoot out of my garage, the wind swirling at the end of my house, super windy day yesterday. I've got about, well, I have a little bit more than half the distance probably from the target that's out in the elements. It's at least halfway, it's at least 10 yards. And I would have arrows that would hit 
close to the X-ring or in the X-ring with the point, but because the, the crosswind, the arrow was actually like angled pretty bad. Like I had one rip the paper that was, I mean, it was probably a, a half inch or more tear in the paper as it hit into the target because the wind was just pushing the arrow sideways when it was hitting. But it's stabilizing super fast. There's a higher spin rate on it because I'm, I'm not worried about drag and parachute effect or whatever you want to look into when it comes to arrows because it's short uh, distance there. So I think that's a big thing. I use top hat points. They have adjustable point weights you can put in there that are brass. I think that's a huge thing. You can really dial in your point weight super easy that way. I just use um, cool melt on those, I believe. Yeah, cool melt on them. Um, I use biter knocks. I think they're the most consistently accurate from one knock to the next. They fit the same. They work the same. They go into the bushings really well. I like them. Um, I don't have any problems with string pinch with them, with their design and the way that they work. And I've been blown away by those. I've had people tell me to use them for a long time. I finally started doing it. Super awesome. Love them. Um, again, AAE veins. I'm using the um, Max Stealth, I believe, is the ones that I'm using. Um, just what I've used the last few years seems to work. I know they have some hybrid ones out that are kind of based off that platform. Depends on what you want to use. Um, use an arrow wrap. I think it makes it easier if I have to replace a vein. I'm not worried about carving getting torn up from the glue. Makes it simpler for me. And yeah, I mean, it's, pretty, it's pretty straightforward there. <laughs> but that's what I like to use on them. Pen Native says, I'm trying to get back into uh, target archery and back into 3D. I've been looking at a target bow, but I have no clue what to get. I really looked at the Hoyt Pro Force. Is it similar to my RX3 Ultra? He's never owned a target bow. Uh, looks like you watched one of my videos about the cam differences on a Hoyt, the X3 and the SVX. He said he doesn't mind getting a used bow. Um, so if you're using, if you're already using a Hoyt hunting bow, I think the Pro Force is a good option for you. It's very much an in-between a traditional target bow and a hunting bow because of the way the limbs are designed and the way the overall bow is set up and used. Um, you're gonna notice a weight difference right off. Target bows are a little heavier, they're bigger. So even if you get stabilizers, you know, the longer bars to put on there, which I recommend doing, run them light until you get used to it and then gradually build the weight in. Otherwise, you're just gonna struggle. Um, the other thing too is your draw length on that short, the short hunting bow is longer than what you'll need on a longer axle axle target bow. And that's just because the string angle is going to change and be a little bit different for you because you're elongating it out. It may not be hugely different, but lucky for you, unless you're right on that little bubble with the cams, Hoyt, you know, you can move the mod and you can adjust it on the Hoyt and it can help you and you get a, a good deal there. Um, I think the Pro Force is a good bow. I'd have no problem recommending that and telling you to shoot it. Um, if you, you know, staying with Hoyt and, and running that way. I personally shoot PSE. Um, I had a Hoyt, obviously, you saw it in the video. The Pro Force, I think, is a, a very good choice. They didn't have that when I was shooting. They had something similar to it in the Alpha Elite and then the Alpha Edge or something. I don't remember now, but I like that bow. It was a good bow. Um, I just wanted more of a traditional limb forward facing bow, which is actually kind of why I migrated to the Pro, uh, the Super Pro, Pro Focus. I think it's more traditional target bow and I like that. Um, but definitely nothing wrong with, you know, with the, with the pro focus on the, on the, or with the, uh, yeah, with the Hoyt there. I think I messed that up guys. 
bear with me. It's late in the afternoon. I haven't eaten lunch. I've been busy and running all day. <laughs> Super focused. Pro focus. Pro edge. Yeah, you got that. Anyways, I have no problem recommending that. I think it's a good bow. It's a good hybrid in between. And uh, I think that'll be a good start for you. All right, guys. Let me look. Where are we at time-wise? Been doing this for about 20 minutes so far. Super fast, I'll just give a rundown. Um, we can talk about indoor season. We had the Siwat, which is Shoot Your Way Across Texas Indoor Series. It's a five spot series. I had an interesting year. I had some super high moments and some really crummy low moments. And I don't know, it was crazy. Um, I had a tournament, so I had one where an, an arrow vein got loose caused me to drop some X's and a point and then it flew off. All that was fun. I had a round where I won 20 bucks from the organization, from the, the shop putting it on because I shot a 300. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I liked that one, that was neat. Um, and then I had one recently at my local archery range in Alvarado Archery where I shot, I was shooting my highest X count ever. I dropped one X going into the, the half, the second half. Dropped a couple in that second half, dropped two. And um, I ended up dropping, on the second to last arrow shot, I ended up dropping a five altogether. I shot a four. And it was just a mental lapse. Some things going on there um, just caused me to have a little bit of a mental lapse. And I just straight shot off the side and it sucked. And you know, last at the last arrow that I shot, I basically just kind of regrouped after that and was like, well, that sucks, but move on, finish strong, prove to myself that I can come back. And I incited out the next arrow dead center on the X. Good thing for me to finish with, liked it. Um, still kind of bummed about that one. I think that one, that one burned a little bit going into the end of the season, but um, it happens. Uh, my fault the mental lapse, the distraction was happening from the moment I got to full draw and reached my click on my hinge, it started and I knew it. I was hearing it out of my right ear and I should have let down. I didn't, but my focus was like through my right ear on the right side of my body and I have no doubt that's why I've shot right because I've uh, done that in practices and stuff before. So whatever should have let it go you know should have let down and, and restarted but that's that's how it rolls i ended up not going to the state into the series or whatever qualified for state didn't go um for a couple reasons one is after that i was just decided i was just over it all and, and done for the year and just uh, i didn't care anymore so i didn't want to do it um that was part of it that faded a lot by the time state rolled around and whatever you know it just stung right at first but um, the, the bigger reason was just time frame wise, it ended up being an extremely busy weekend. Seems like every year it does just the timing of it all. Um, basketball season is ending up baseball season just started softball season just started. So we ended up in the first tournament of the year for base, no second tournament of the year for baseball. And, uh, luckily for us, it ended up being close to, our kids school which never happens but it ended up being close so it was super lucky for us and uh, Cole had his end of the season basketball tournament he had two games that day on a Saturday we went to basketball in the morning at 8 a.m. we left directly from there I went to pool game number one for baseball left directly from baseball I actually ended up he left with 
Um, he left with one person. I grabbed his bag out of the dugout and, and I <laughs> drove to the second basketball game. Uh, it was that that close on time, and you know, I think he was just a couple of minutes late to the first to that game. Um, we left that basketball game, drove directly back to the baseball fields for pool game number two, and like ran on the field to catch the last five minutes of warmups, and then just on the on the roll, right? <laughs> um, the same time softball tournament was going on, um, we were lucky to have a grandmother to help us out with that, and and um, went. I didn't go back and forth to that. Megan did. Um, it was an hour drive away, but um, yeah, busy weekend. And I just, I, I didn't want to mix in with the state tournament. My heart and my brain wouldn't have been in it at the state tournament. I'd have been thinking about all the kids and their sports and what's going on and all that going. So I just let it go. But that's life. That's a good thing. I, I, I do archery for fun. I'm not making a living off of this. So I don't want to miss a ton of stuff with the kids while I'm, I'm able to still do it. But yeah, guys, I rambled for a little bit. Gave you an update. Um, shot with a thumb release the other day. Rolled out a few games with that. Shot a 300 finally. First game was a 299. Missed wide right on one um, to drop a 10. And then second game I shot, I did a 300. And then pulled out the hinge again. Decided to shoot it. I like to go back and forth every now and again. I don't do it very often. But if I'm shooting a hinge, I'll get to a point to where I think it's more of an anticipation thing because I'm learning the hinge and my body is learning it so well and the timing starts getting so consistent on it that I get a little bit of an anticipation. So when that happens, I pull out the thumb release, I shoot it. It's different, timing is different. Um, it'll reteach me a shot because it works. The way that I shoot a thumb release is incredibly close to where, the way you would shoot a resistance release like a Carter Evolution um, or the Silverback, if you're familiar with those, Stan Element. So it helps me kind of get my timing and my shot back and then I can roll back with the hinge, and the hinge is just more consistent for me. Um, it just seems to work. I have some amazing shots with a thumb release, but I will break down with a thumb release way faster, and I will drop some big points with a thumb release, so I don't, I don't usually use that as much, but yeah. Appreciate y'all watching or listening. Appreciate y'all watching the videos, Instagram. The raffles are on there. There's a Lancaster Archery one. There's the, um, that one's a $75 shopping spree at Lancaster. Um, there's a $5 entry for that one. There's a $15 entry for the 200-ish dollar knock-on archery packs, depending on which one you get, if you win. So if you wanna enter those, check it out on my Instagram channel. Appreciate y'all support and what we're doing here. I will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.